another episode of Elevating Property Management. I'm Colin Douthit, and I am honored to be here today with KK Singh. KK, thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you very much, uh, Colin, for having me on your show. Yeah. And, you know, as we've talked a little bit about your background, your history in investing, it's quite diverse. And, you know, you've shown a lot of, uh, you know, you've grown a lot in terms of number of units and what, you know, the asset class that you're managing. Uh, can you give us a little bit of background on your real estate investing and where you started and, and where you're at now? Well, I came to United States as a Microsoft certified system engineer back in 2000. Mm -hmm. And I've been in the gas station business for all these 20 years. Okay. And, uh, uh, I got into real estate by accident. I, we bought a portfolio of 40 single family houses okay. from fa father and son. His father had 33 and the son had seven. So we bought both of them out. Okay. And I started managing myself to learn this business. Mm -hmm. So I soon realized after acquiring these uh, 40 single family that uh, this is not something I would like to uh, keep doing forever. So I decided to invest passively in uh, multifamily. Mm -hmm. And from there, I kept uh, investing uh, passively as well as actively now for the last two and a half years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so just so everybody understands when you're saying passive versus active, can you give the difference between both of those when you're investing? Sure. The, uh, when investing passively means I was investing my money only. So I was not uh, doing anything. I was not finding the deal. I was not underwriting the deals. I, I wasn't managing the deals. I wasn't raising capital for it. So I was just sending them a check and getting cash flow out of it. Okay. But um, for the last two and a half years, I've been on the active side means I'm a part of the asset management team. And mm -hmm. also I have raised capital for these deals. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so those are both the different roles within syndications that you, you've had essentially, right? Correct. As a general partner. And a, there are two components, general partners and uh, uh, the limited partners. Limited partners don't do anything. They're passive. Mm -hmm. General partners do everything and yep. they can pick to do one thing, two things or everything. So they're general partners. Okay, great. Starting back with that portfolio of 40 single families that you bought, um, was this over uh, out in Indiana as well, kind of where you, where you live now? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. okay. So you bought these 40 single families. You'd had no investment real estate before that, right? Unless it was a property that you owned for like one of your businesses. Gas station. Gas station. Gas station. Yeah. I had yeah. gas station and laundromat properties. Uh -huh. Other than that, we had never had a rental. Mm-hmm. Okay. We, so we you, didn't know we didn't know anything about the rentals, but yeah. the, this guy was from from our community. He offered me this portfolio at our church, uh -huh. and he wanted it to sell it to me because he had sold this portfolio twice, and the guys who bought it they couldn't get get the financing, and he knew that I was able to get the financing, so he offered me, and uh, he offered to train me for a year as well. Okay. But when we started, I, I found that he was old school. Uh -huh. He was doing everything with the pen and pencil and he was just sitting there from nine to five. I said, no, at, at that time I was also managing a gas station and a laundromat. 
Okay. So I said, this is something I can't do. I, I, I have to focus on my other stuff as well. I had eight gas stations. So I wow. said, okay, no, I have to do, figure out some other way to do it. So I started learning from bigger pockets online. I downloaded a bunch of forms, signed up for some programs, et cetera, and learned the business. And after 10 days, I did let him go. After 10 days. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. That didn't take long. <laughs> yeah. No, it, I mean, he was, he was old. I mean, he's a really nice guy, very honest guy, but he was doing everything with a pen and pencil. I couldn't mm -hmm. do that. Yeah. No, uh, I mean, that's where we live now. And I mean, you know, you came in as a, as a certified systems engineer. So technology was probably something you were wanting to leverage to make your life easier. And that was, that was, and I have done that. I have done that in my other businesses as well. Uh -huh. So I, I signed up with the software management, property management software company and uploaded all of my properties and made my life very easy. Mm -hmm. So I was, I was only spending nine hours a week on managing these. And I was also managing my laundromat and the gas station at the same time. Mm -hmm. As opposed to nine hours a day managing the properties. Nine hours a week. <laughs> no, but he was the old owner. Was uh, was yeah, nine the hours. The old owner was yeah. He was nine. He was spending nine hours a day. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's not the way to do it. So you just kind of jumped right in, two feet in. So then you're starting to manage properties and deal with tenants. What was your learning experience like? That was that a big was that a shock to you? Kind of a culture shock, just dealing with the tenants and kind of what tenants can be like sometimes. Or uh, I mean, obviously there was a steep learning curve. Not really, because I was very familiar with this uh, class of people. Oh, because I, and gas stations, yes. Gas stations, and I had dealt with them for years. Uh -huh. So I knew how they, they come up with money, with how much money they have, and how mm -hmm. their spending habits and all that. So I was very much aware of it, but I was a little rigid as well. I was a rigid mm -hmm. landlord, e either pay your bills or just vacate. Yeah, that's simple. So as I didn't, simple as that. basically, I didn't listen to their stories as compared to the previous owner. He used to listen, sit there and listen to their stories. So I was not in my office at all. I was working from home. Mm -hmm. I had an office. I, I kept the same office, but I was there only to sign a lease. So yeah. I was not sitting there and listening to the tenant story. And every tenant has a story. If you start listening, then every tenant has a story to tell, to make an excuse not to pay the rent. So I never listened. I said, okay, I got to pay my bills. Mm -hmm. You got to pay me the rent. If you yeah. want to stay in our, uh, in our house, we are providing your property just for a small amount of money. So please pay your rents or vacate the property for somebody else who could pay the rent. It's really as simple as that. It's not simple as that. Yeah, and I did. I did the evictions myself. If somebody was behind on the bills for two weeks, I would give them a notice. In mm -hmm. 23 days, they would be out of the property. That's that's the way to do it. Uh, running, you know, our experience uh, running the property management company is very similar. Uh, you know, I started by managing my own properties before we got to where we're at today with with the company. And if you're not um, you know, rigid with them and you don't have a set of expectations and a set of rules and deadlines that you follow, you will find them trying to take advantage of you or trying to make excuses. And in our situation, and frankly, I believe it's with anybody that owns more than four houses. If you start making exceptions, you start also running into fair housing law violations. Yep. So yep. you don't I want to get stuck that. with that. 
I, I read the fair uh, laws, uh, housing laws, and I never did that. I was I was fair to everyone, and the previous owner wasn't even charging late fee. So mm -hmm. it took me it took me a while to train them. Yeah. Once they were trained, and I was very strict about it. If they if they didn't pay on time, there was late fee. It automatically struck within the software. So yep. I would never remove or waive or or do anything with it. They could make excuses or whatever, but if they didn't pay, so I, I wouldn't. I mean, if I do with one and then I have to do with another, I have to do with the same person second time again. So I said, okay, this is business, you know? Yeah. No, we you... have a charity. We have a charity where our emotions play. Yes. But when you are in business, you got to keep the emotions away. If you want to have a successful business, we do a lot of work with our charity. We help people build their houses. Mm -hmm. We we have six, uh, 15 sponsored kids. Mm -hmm. So we do a lot with our charity where our emotions play the game. But if we let your emotions play at the gas station, then your gas, gas station would be gone because everybody's hungry. <laughs> yes, that is so. That is such wise knowledge that you just dropped on us right there. You can't let the emotions and keep your charity separate from your business. And I no truer words have been spoken. I think that's that's great. Thank you for that, that little knowledge bomb you just dropped on us. Um, and, you know, it's, you know, you've been on the PM side, right? You've been your own manager. Sometimes, you know, you do want to feel sorry for these people, for the situations they're in or whatever, um, you know, cards life has dealt them, whether they may be fair or not, right? Um, but you, you just, you can't because you, like I said, you've got your mortgage to pay and us as a property management company. And then you as the, you know, GP or the LP, we have a responsibility to get you all the money because you guys have large notes and bills to pay as well. Yeah, of course. Uh, that's, that's was my answer to them. I said, well, if you don't pay me, the, I won't be able to pay the bank and the bank will kick me out. I'll have to kick you out. Mm -hmm. So I had, I, I, I felt very sorry for them, but I had to kick out people and when the temperature was in minus. Mm -hmm. I have to, I have, sometimes I had to bring the police yep. to help me get it vacated, but I give them a chance. I give them a place to live. They have an obligation to pay the rent. Yeah, it's a, it's a contract at the end of the day. It's, it's a legal a contract. contract between two people that signed it willingly. You know, as a property management company, and it is the goal of this podcast, we're trying to elevate property management as an industry, right? A, a lot of times it does get a bad reputation from landlords or property managers doing things illegally, right? Stuff they may, you know, changing door locks, for instance, right? Like you, you can't do that, right? Or fair housing or, you know, being poor landlords, right? Sometimes the mom and pop operators aren't always the best. Uh, you know, the people that own and operate, they don't charge late fees, for instance, right? So there's there's things that's kind of, you know, developed as a reputation or deferred maintenance. Um, so now you've had the opportunity to work with property managers as the GP on these deals and where they're, they're working for you and they're operating your property. Yep. So, you know, what I kind of want to, to dig into with you is, you know, sort of what have your experiences been, but what have the good property managers done? What are the things that you've seen that's been really good that other PMs should emulate to help bring the industry up? And what are some of the bad things you've seen that have kind of brought the industry down from your from your experiences? 
Well, since we have larger properties, so we are dealing with larger property management companies as well. Mm-hmm. They, are prof- they are professional companies, larger companies. So, but there is a lot of difference between managing properties with a large company and managing by the landlords them or, or the landlords themselves or mm-hmm. the smaller companies or one person management company. Yeah. So there, there are differences that the, the larger management companies do a lot of things professionally mm-hmm. and they have their own teams for the marketing. They have the construction team. They, they have their uh, leasing staff and ev- everyone in place. The benefit of me managing uh, my single family portfolio is that I totally understand what they are saying, what they mean. Mm-hmm. So if I had not done that, I would say, hey, how come they are still in the uh, in the unit and they haven't paid the rent? So I know exactly how they play games, how yeah. they how they do it. So it's a lot easy for me to understand what the property management means. Mm-hmm. And how, okay. if if let's say our occupancy is low, I know how the ways how we can raise the property uh, occupancy by giving a little bit more concessions and between doing things that normally a landlord would not do. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, that's, that's, that's true. And having that insight uh, can be very, very, I'm very glad. Useful. I'm glad I managed those uh, properties myself. So I had a firsthand experience. Yeah. Because without that firsthand experience, like you said, you wouldn't know sometimes what they're talking about or wouldn't understand the whys of what was going on. Yeah. Um, yep. So I think that you're, you're hundred uh, percent right. And that was a valuable experience for you. Um, so, you know, you did, you do tend to deal with, um, you know, more professional established companies just by the scale of your properties, which, uh, you know, range from what a hundred plus units, generally over 200 units, 150 units is our smallest property. Okay. Gotcha. So you've got some, some pretty sizable properties there. What have you seen? I mean, maybe you, maybe you've only dealt with good property managers. Is that, is that a fair statement that all the PMs that you've hired so far have been, have been good and performed yeah, adequately? Actually- Actually, they have been really good property management companies mm-hmm. that we are dealing with. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's great. Yeah. I'm glad that you haven't had the opposite experience. They, they, they do a wonderful job. And another good thing that uh, when I was managing my pro- own properties, I did a lot of renovations. Mm-hmm. So I learned about the construction, the terms, the scope of work and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I had, I have, ideas how much this should cost how much that should cost so i i i did some flips when i had these single family portfolio okay i bought i bought some houses and did some flips i didn't change i didn't touch those my 40 houses but i was buying other houses and uh, uh, then do, doing some stuff on them and then reselling those houses so i did okay. that as well okay awesome yeah, so you learn you learn the construction side of the well uh, as right. well. Didn't have do you... much because it wasn't worth for us doing it because mm-hmm. we were paying like fifty three percent tax on them, Ooh. so it wasn't worth our time. Yeah, but we learned we learned those things. Yeah, no, I, I you understand the the process of the construction, how everything works, and yep. and you know the the phases and steps within the construction. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you know. Did you find a lot of value or do your current PMs have construction in-house or are they relying heavily on subs? No, they, they do in-house. Okay. Have you seen a lot of benefit to that as opposed to using subcontractors? 
actually i think that is beneficial because these are large companies so they they have a lot of network mm -hmm. between the general connect, uh, contractors so they know exactly who to talk to who have done good job on their other properties because they have thousands and thousands of uh, units under their belt so yeah. they exactly know who would be the best person to do this job mm -hmm. yeah yeah, no, I mean, that's, you know, one thing that we've done is try to use, you know, vertical integration within our company to help provide that service to our owners and, you know, make their life a little bit easier. So, you know, we've got construction in-house, we've got the network, we've got our own guys that do, you know, most of the work, 90% of the work we do ourselves. And, you know, it allows us to turn the units faster because our internal communications quicker. We don't have to worry about another be beholden to another subcontractor schedule as well. Um, so oh, you are absolutely right, but uh, uh, these companies don't have their own construction companies okay. in there, and I think uh, that that wouldn't be that wouldn't be good either for us, maybe because then there will be conflict of interest. Mm -hmm. So we'll have to go get other quotes from somewhere else to make sure that they are charging us the right pricing. <laughs> yeah, so, no, that's a, that's, so, that's a great point. Yeah, I, I think uh, the way we are set up, they bring us quotes, they get, a, get those approved and then we see, okay. And then they give us suggestions. This company, even though they are a little expensive than this, they would, we believe that they would do a better job. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we'll, we, we have weekly meetings and we listen to them as well. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Yeah, on properties this big, and it's been our experience as well, that it's it's pretty common for the owners to want to have a weekly meeting or a twice a month meeting or once a month meeting uh, with the PM team to kind of understand what's going on on the property. That's something you guys do pretty regularly? Yes, mm -hmm. weekly. we do weekly meetings, Monday, Tuesday. That's okay. all we do Monday, Tuesdays. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. What yeah. are you, uh, you know, I guess they're, they're probably providing you some sort of metrics, I would assume kind yes. of financial health or, you know, health yes. of the overall property. What are, you know, what are the top two or three metrics that you find most important? Well, the occupancy, uh -huh. the collection in these days, especially yes, the delinquency, people who are not paying marketing. Those are some of the metrics that we look on regular basis and renewals leases, traffic, so many things. Yeah. No, there's, there's a lot of good metrics that you can track and yeah. uh, every operator wants to, you know, maybe look at a little bit different metrics, um, you know, oh, yeah. on what the goal of the property is and what's important to them internally as well. Uh, we have, we have an Excel sheet that we track all the, all those metrics in. Mm -hmm. Okay. Gotcha. So, you know, of all the PM companies, uh, you know, you, you've, you've dealt with some, some really good ones. What, what are the things that, you know, one of them does, you don't have to say names or anything like that, but what is one thing that one company does that, that sets them apart or that's, that's, that's the best value that they bring? We have, I'm not going to name them, but we have a company which is not too big. Mm -hmm. So they have nine, 10 properties under their belt, mm -hmm. but it's owned by mom and daughter. Okay. They do a wonderful job. And I would say they're, they're not like partners to us. They're like family to us. Okay. So they can call us. We can call them anytime they'll respond. They'll have the numbers on, uh, on very handy. And 
I mean, so easy to work because they are the owners. Okay. So with the, we have a big company. We don't get that privilege with the big company. Mm-hmm. We, we do, we can call the managers and the regionals, uh, of course. They treat that property as like their own properties. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they're they're emotionally and they they manage two of our properties. Okay, okay, gotcha. No, that's that's awesome, uh, and it's great when you find somebody like that. So really, the the thing that you really enjoy or that they do well is accessibility to the owner, right? They get mm-hmm. they're accessible to their property. The owner has access to their property manager, and then just their their knowledge, their ready knowledge of the property when the financial yeah, or occupancy health of it. And the mother, the mother has 30 years of experience with a big company. Mm. So, so she really knows her stuff. They are both very smart. Uh, and uh, her husband is uh, in the construction business, okay. commercial construction business. So they are very knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. They're very easily accessible. Okay, great. Great. So I, I, love to work with them in more deals mm-hmm. all right well hopefully you get that opportunity great and they well, help us they help us in finding more deals too oh they're they're sourcing deals for you as well they're finding sourcing deals yep. on or off market opportunities or something mm-hmm. that another one of their owners is trying to sell yep yep mm-hmm. well that's great that's great and the property behind us is in houston texas okay they are the ones who brought us this deal oh great great well it's a nice looking place Kind of wish we were there in that warm weather right now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, In my opinion, property managers um, need to be more professional in the way they do business, right? Whether it's like your mom and daughter operation with their in-depth knowledge and their great care for the property. Because, and this is kind of what I say, we're we're managing millions or tens of millions or a hundred million plus dollars worth of properties, right? And so in my mind, that puts us at the level of we're dealing with this kind of money that accountants may be dealing with, that bankers may be dealing with, that, you know, other people may be dealing with, you know, they have a very professional industry, right? Not kind of the mom and pop scrub operations that you sometimes get and people doing stuff by paper, right? We're, We're dealing with people's biggest investments, their biggest liabilities, or we're dealing with general partners that are responsible for the one, two, three, five million dollars that they raised to buy these properties. So they're beholden to five, 10, 30 other people that have invested a good chunk of their life savings with this property. So once we start to look at it, we realize how many lives we're impacting for their financial future as, yes. as property managers. So, you know, it's something that we take very seriously, understanding the impact of, of what we're doing. So with, with that in mind, uh, KK, what is uh, something that you know, property managers need to do to elevate the industry? Um, that's kind of my, my go-to question is, is, what can property managers do to elevate the industry and be more professional? One thing I have noticed with all the, um, uh, all the management companies that, that I think they could improve on. So for example, we are replacing the monument sign, uh-huh. just to give you an example. They should have a deadline. Okay, it it will be done by this date. Okay. I like doing stuff that way so that it doesn't linger on. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's bringing a court, he will bring a court and then we'll do this and then we'll do this and then we'll get it approved. They should be, they should be able to tell us everything upfront. This 
sign, monument sign, is going to be replaced by another in two months. Mm -hmm. It will take it will take us so many days to get the drawings, so many days to get it approved, so many days to get a permit from the building and the contractor in place and lighting in place. So that thing I have seen, we are discussing every week. Have the GFCI been replaced? Uh, next time it's on the list again. Next time it's on the list again. Okay. So they have they have some kind of excuse every week. Mm -hmm. I, I don't like that. I like to put a deadline to everything. Okay, gotcha. Here, here's the time, get it done with this time. I like mm -hmm. that. I mean, okay. it's not, I know everything sometimes, even if I do it, it gets delayed for some reason or the other or some unexpected things that come up while you're doing something. But if you don't put a deadline to something, then it just linger on. Mm -hmm. I like okay. to put, I, I would like to put deadlines. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. And I can totally understand where you're coming from on that, having been on both sides of those discussions before. And so property managers can come to the table. They can set deadlines for rehab, for capital expenditures, for general improvements, for delivery of whatever that may be. That's something that we can do to continue to, uh, you know, increase the reputation and professionalism of the industry as a whole. Yeah, it's a win-win situation for everyone. If so, I mean, same thing takes, I mean, why don't you get two construction companies if one construction company is slowing? Get mm -hmm. another one. Get yeah. a third get a third one. <laughs> meet your goals. Yeah. When you have a goal, then find ways to meet meet that goal. Don't just say, oh, there were three people, one of them got sick, one of them went on a vacation. So we we couldn't turn over these units. So I don't like that kind of excuses. Get another company. I mean, they're gonna charge you the same amount of money. So get somebody. And we do like to do that and we have done in some of our properties we have two different companies renovating our units at the same time mm -hmm. so that way we can compare as well the timing and then we can compare the dollar amount as well yeah and the quality and, and, of the, and the quality of the quality of the work of course yeah absolutely absolutely so no that's great um so kk looking forward what you know what are your goals in the real estate industry what are you hoping to continue to achieve well, so far I have been doing deals uh, by partnering with other good operators. I've learned a lot. I have my own investor base and I have my own team. I have people standing waiting for me to partner. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm shooting on doing my own deals okay. as a, key, as a um, key sponsor. Okay, great. So you want to be the the guy that's leading the head on the syndication on the on the GP side. Correct. All right. Awesome. Well, that's, that's exciting for 2021. Get you 2021. You want to do one of them or are you going to do more than one? At least one. At least one. Okay. All right. At well, least one. I mean, I may partner with somebody else to do another deal, but mm -hmm. I'm, I'm shooting to do at least one deal this year. Great. Great. Well, good luck on that. I hope 2021 is a great year for you. And um, Thank you. I really appreciate your time here today and the wisdom that you dropped on us from your experience and all different aspects of real estate and business. Uh, if people want to learn more about you or get in touch with you, if they want to find out more about some of your deals, what's the best way they can do that? They can go to our website and fill the web form there, growrichcapital.com. 
okay or, or they can uh, find me i have a facebook group 10x multifamily investment group i have 5500 members there's a lot of knowledge in that group very knowledgeable people throwing good knowledge there every day uh, and uh, or they can reach me out by emailing me at kk at growrichcapital.com or info at growrichcapital.com. Awesome. Awesome. Well, hey, thank you again so much for being here. And I wish you continued success with your 2021 investing ventures. Thank you very much. And I hope it helps your audience as well. I'm sure it will. There's no way it can't. <laughs>